0: This is not to our team's one street. This is, in fact, the only podcast completely obsessed with Dundee's season just past. On this episode, we are joined by special guest Patrick Barclay for a dark blue therapy session. We'll be taking a look back at a bonkers and ultimately miserable season at Dens Park. Hello, and welcome to a special Dundee-themed podcast. There's no Tom Duthie. There's no Alan Temple. So you're stuck with me, George Cran, in the hot seat as we take over both the Tilly and Courier airwaves or podcast waves, whatever they are. Uh, joining me today is the bear, Graham Finnan. Hello, everyone. And we have a special guest in the shape of Patrick Barkley, if I can even see your name right, Paddy. Welcome <laughs> yeah, to the yeah. podcast. Yeah,
1: all I ask is you get my name right, yes. Um, I, <laughs> That's I, I a good start. I was, uh, my validity is that um, I, I was briefly on the telly, uh, te- the Evening Telegraph um, in 1964, uh, but unfortunately it wasn't a long, illustrious career, career like Graham's. I uh, only lasted <laughs> a few months before being given a free transfer.
0: <laughs> but you got out and, and you, you made good, just to say yeah, the least well, that I was. Yeah, well,
1: I ended up working as a football uh, correspondent for the. Down in England for the Guardian, uh, Independent, Sunday Telegraph, and finally, briefly, the Times. Um, So and and, so I lasted forty. I managed to fool people uh, for (laughs) forty years, and I was lucky enough to go to about to go to nine World Cups, ten European Championships, Mm -hmm. and dozens of Champions League finals. And so I I was. I had a lovely career, but thank God yeah. it's at an end now. And I'm <laughs> a season ticket holder at Dundee Football Club yeah. and Fulham, my local club in West London.
0: All right. Well, yeah, I was just going to say all those World Cups and, and things that still didn't manage to beat out the the Dundee fan nope. yeah. So uh, No, I'm as
1: bad as ever. I'm as
0: hopeless as ever. <laughs> <probably>. <laughs> and so, well, what's your Dundee supporting background? I mean, how... What's well, can I, I was
1: uh, I, I was brought up on. Um, uh, it was my grandfather actually who who didn't go to matches, but he used to talk to me about the the team that won the Scottish Cup in nineteen ten, I think it was, um, and 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 that inspired my interest. So I I, I, I pestered him to. Um, I mean, we are talking a long, long time ago. We're talking about the nineteen fifties, and I pestered him to take me to a game. He, he had been in the jute industry and he had a car. He was, you know, rich but by most people's standards and had a car. And he drove me to Dens Park, gave me a shilling, which was a, a coin. And I paid my way into Dens to watch a game against Hibbs. It must have been about 1957 56, 57, something like that. I was aged about nine. And in those days there wasn't so much concern for children's welfare. So I just walked in, watched the game. Came out again, and he must have picked me up in his car. And Dundee beat Hibernian one nil. And I, I absolutely fell in love with dark blue shirts, you know. And the, George Merchant was the centre forward. I remember he was the glamorous, most glamorous player on the team. And uh, I've been in love with Dundee Football Club ever since.
0: Go, goes back even further than you, Bill. Yes,
2: yeah, yeah. My first uh, time at Dens, I think, was in the early seventies. I remember guys like. Uh, John Duncan, jockey Scott, and Gordon Wallace um, mm. playing up front at that point in time, but yeah, been hooked ever ever since. So it's good to have you on, Paddy, isn't it? because yeah. uh, it's good to have somebody else that suffered like myself throughout this season. So yeah,
1: well this this is this is the problem. I'm probably even worse than you because I'm uh, from a generation. You know, I I started going, as I say, in the in the late very late 1950s going regularly late nineteen fifties. And within uh, one two years, we were champions of Scotland. I thought this was—I yeah. thought this <laughs> would last forever. So every season, I mean, okay, we got relegated this season, which we do every two years, and and uh, and uh, but I, I expect us to win the league every year. That uh, you know, the, the, I expect us to be where Celtic are, you know, and um, and to and and to aspire to European finals. And I still can't get that ridiculous sort of expectation out of my head. But um, anyway, back to the real world.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's it's slightly changed days. Um, Anyway, we better get going, I suppose. Um, The plan is to do end of season review, which may not be the cheeriest uh, of of subjects. More more of a therapy session, I guess. Um, And then obviously we've got... Paddy on to talk about the open letter situation and, and trying to move forward uh, in the future and, and help the kind of relationship between the club and fans. But we'll, we'll get to that at the end um, because looking back across the entire season, I was putting together the notes for this and realised what an absolutely bonkers season it was. Even by Dundee's standards, It's there's a lot stuffed into it. So I'm afraid we'll we'll have to scoop past... Fair bit of it, yep. just off the top of my head: we've a manager sacked, players in trouble with, with the law, a bonus row, a player injured on a night out, uh, far too many losses, and that's not even mentioning Mark McGee. So we've got we've got a fair bit to get through. Um, and as I say, it probably won't be that cheery. But at the start of the season, way back, we'll make in, it cheery, George. We'll, <laughs> we'll make it we'll cheery. We'll do our best.
2: <laughs> we'll be our best. <laughs> Well,
0: remember the good old days in July <laughs> and August when yeah, yeah. Dundee were happy. They roared up through the playoffs, seen off Kilmarnock. Things were good. The momentum was with them. They, they, they won every game in the League Cup group. Uh, and then first game of the season went okay. Two-all draw with have to admit, I got caught up in the, in the all the... The fervor and I, I was optimistic for a really good season. I thought Dundee's squad looked in decent shape, needed a bit of work and maybe a wee bit of luck here and there. But I thought they could compete. Um, my predictions haven't turned out so well. But uh, in terms of yourself, Bear, I mean, what can you remember how you were thinking at the start of the season, or how it might go?
2: Very excited, George, because I think the way they got promoted, they came with it. I, I, I was a jockey; it was a fantastic late run last last the season before in the championship. If you remember rightly because. There was times in that championship you thought, dearie me, we could end up in the in the bottom half of this league the way we, they were playing. Um, yeah, but then they seemed to sort out their defensive freightly. They made one or two really good signings, obviously, in, in the in the transfer window. And you know, they started looking like a team that could win games. And by the time they got to Kilmarnock in, in the playoff final, I was I mean, a lot of people thought it was maybe a, a step up for them and it would be a game too far. But I was really confident. And even, even the game at Denz, when the one in Kilmarnock got a late goal, I think it was, and and, and pulled it back, and Tommy Wright made a big play on that, saying it'll be, that goal changes the, the the whole sort of complex of this game, the complexity of this game, because we'll get them back at Kelly. I was confident, because Dundee had done, for once that season, they played really well on astro tough pitches. So when they went down to Kilmarnock, it didn't surprise me at the one but. I'm just wondering now if it was, you know, it was really exciting to start the season, but maybe it was just a wee bit too quick for them. It, it, it looked to me as though well it just came too quick. But they started relatively well, obviously. The, the League Cup group, you expected them to get get through that with two teams going through. Obviously, the Ross County had their problems with, with COVID issues, but Dundee performed pretty well in, in the game. And, and the first game against St. Martin,
1: yeah
2: uh, I'm actually a ticker for that one because they were still playing under COVID restrictions, yeah, so was right restrictions season, which, yeah. which was a bit unfortunate. But they started relatively well and, you know, things yeah. were looking rosy. But even at that point, George, you felt the squad was, was still a light, bit lightweight in, yeah. in certain yeah, areas. Help. So you were hoping they were going to do something before the transfer window. I think closed. even that
1: St Mirren game had danger signals. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, th- I thought they played better I, I, from what I saw, because you're quite right about the COVID. I was wearing a, a mask. And yeah. uh, I wear glasses. So every time we went on the attack, my glasses steamed up with the excitement. <laughs> I, was in, I was in the cocks, uh, unusually, because I, I prefer sideways on here. But I felt, you know, Christy Elliott gave away a terrible goal. Max got sent, Max Anderson got sent That's off. That's right, yeah. um, And they, they honestly looked a cut above us for most of the game. Yes, we got a battling draw, but I was slightly concerned. But I thought, then I thought I don't I don't know about you Graham, do it. Did you feel that? Oh, that's okay. That's just the nerves of the first game. We'll, we'll get it out of the way. What we didn't realise was that that was to be one of the best performances of the season.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was. party, and uh, you know you expect him to go on to, on to better things, but unfortunately that that didn't quite materialise and. Over the course of the next few months, you saw the, the, there were deficiencies in the squad. I mean, we're, 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 I see there, George, in your in your notes that you've you've kindly provided. League League Griffiths arrived uh, in the right at the end of the transfer window, I, I think it was, and I was one of those ones that I think it filled the vast majority of Dundee's support with with hope. You know that he could be the man. That, you know, although he'd had his problems at Celtic he still possessed that ability, that knack to score at the top level. Certainly in the Scottish game, that he would get enough goals to keep our heads above water at this level. Um, but unfortunately, you know, I quickly became a part of that that wasn't going to happen because, you know, you, you could see just by looking at him, he wasn't, he wasn't fit. You never lose that ability, Paddy, to score, score goals. I think what he'd done in the game and the level he'd played at, he still had that. Yeah. It
1: was clear that he wasn't fit. He
2: was, he was I, 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 absolutely,
1: yeah, you can. Uh, I mean, you know, a, a finisher will always finish, but the problem is getting making the runs, pulling the defenders about to get the space to finish, and uh, he he just wasn't doing that. I mean, it was it must have been so easy to mark him, you know, for the opposition. Um, I uh, like like you, grandma I thought it was a, 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 an absolute no-brainer signing, him. and I thought at last there's something we can rely on because Jason Cummings always seemed to me like a, a maybe, you know. Um, and I get, but but, but all strikers at, at Dundee have suffered from a, from from poor service. We yeah. just which just didn't play enough good football, and yeah. and. I'm not making excuses for Lee Griffiths because, you know, he came with a dummy like mine, and I'm 74.
2: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and you're right, you're right, Paddy, you're right. I mean, you lose that half yard. Players that couldn't lace your boots five years earlier are now getting the tackles and then getting the blocks, and he wasn't getting the goals.
0: I think that showed when he left. Obviously, he spent the second half of the season at Falkirk in League One and. Even at that level, it shows that you have to be super fit to, yeah. to be able to compete. And, and he, he obviously didn't hit the, the heights that his talent probably should have at that point. Um, but at the time, I mean, what what a huge signing it was uh, for, for James McPake. Um, do you think that was maybe... In hindsight, it's easy in hindsight, obviously, but do you think, Paddy, that was maybe the the big error that that James McPake made at the the time? Everyone would have signed him, but it turned turned so sour, didn't it?
1: Yes, I think think with hindsight, yes, it it was an error um, because it kind of, I suppose it kind of deflated. uh, uh, What's his name? The guy, Jason Cummings. Uh, who had actually started the season with a, with a very good striker's goal against St Mirren. Um, so, in, in retrospect, yes, it, it was it was an error. Um, but I don't think you find too many people among the Dundee support who who, who weren't excited when the yeah. signing was made. So,
0: yeah. There might not have been too many managers that didn't take that gamble either.
1: Yes, yes. Uh, that's true because of his, uh, Lee, Lee Griffiths' record, which is, uh, you know, it's, it's fantastic. Um, but we just didn't make enough chances for any yeah. striker to thrive.
0: Well, the, yeah, the kind of ironic thing happened when Griffiths was signed in and started playing and they were trying to get the fitness in. them. Dundee actually went five matches without a goal bear. <laughs> five straight matches. Which yeah, yeah
2: I watched them in the first derby of the season and, you know, he had a couple of chances in that game you know, which at the time you're thinking, you know, he was a bit unfortunate there. But as the weeks went on without a goal, you're beginning to think, no, maybe he's not unfortunate. Maybe he's just not quite as sharp as he as he, as he should be. Yeah, Um yeah. But Paddy's right. I mean, it wasn't just down to, purely down the strikers no. at the club. You've got no. yeah. to create eight chances, and that's been that's been an ongoing problem for Dundee throughout this season. And you've seen it with the likes is even with Zach Grudden coming in. You know, and and he's been getting pelters recently for you know for what he's done on the park, but yeah, he has been brought in to score goals and yeah. he's had very few opportunities in the 18 yard box to score goals. Yeah, he's having to go all over the place. To try absolutely,
1: all of our strikers. It doesn't matter who we bring in; they all look like headless chickens. And so, it can't be that they just suddenly turn that way just because they, they signed for Dundee. It must be because we we haven't played even in some of our wins. This season, and no doubt we'll come on to them. Um, we haven't actually played an hour of good football in any game, not not one game all season. Did we play what I would call, you know, proper football? Um, we've we've battled, and and you you touched on the derby, the first derby of the season, which we lost to a late goal by Ian Hart. But it, I mean, that was a terrible goal. That was, you see, nobody blamed the goalie for that, but that was terrible goalkeeping by Adam Legtons. It really was terrible. It was down his throat, that shot. And and you have to keep those out. Yeah. And uh, so with whenever we, we put in a good performance, something, some lack of quality yeah. lets us down. In that case, it was poor goalkeeping. He, he flapped the wrong, the wrong arm at a long shot. I could still see it. Awful. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Yeah. And uh, you know, a result that day was that was that the day when Marsh missed the chance in the last minute to make it uh, one you know, all. Yeah. Yeah. Was, uh,
2: was it somebody had a chance? It was a few
0: off
1: the line. Sean Byrne, I think. Yeah. The, the it, it was. It was oh, Marshall.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. It, it used his right foot. And, yeah. And it was cleared off the line. But
0: yeah, you're right. Yeah.
1: Uh, you know, so, something that I, I was tempted to say something like that could have kick-started our season. But even when we got uh, breaks in games, towards the end of the season, every every team suffers a setback and loses confidence. We lost confidence when we went ahead (laughs) in games. And that points to something serious. And and I'm sure we'll talk later about the culture of the club and how that's let it down as, as much as individual players. But there is, there is something seriously wrong in the culture of the club that will pull any player down. And in a way, it seems unfair to point fingers at Lee Griffiths or Jason Cummings before him or, or, or Zach Rudden now uh, when it's a communal failure by the whole club uh, that has led to our relegation, in, in my opinion.
0: Yeah. And the, well, the theme throughout the season quite often was some good bits. But they never lasted.
1: Never lasted, no. And there was a, also a, this erosion of confidence. The, the perfect example, and I, I think I spoke to you about this a few days ago, George, when we, when we spoke. Um, the, In a way, a sort of metaphor for the season is Paul McMullen. Now, part of yeah. the reason we were cheerful, Graham, going into the season was that, you know, Paul McMullen had tormented us in derbies. You know, we thought, "Now this is a signing," and sure enough, he comes in. He didn't score, but but he kept hitting post, bar, and he. It didn't really matter that he wasn't scoring because he was making chances, almost a goal a game. He was making, and gradually, as the season went on, even he got worn down. Hmm. So that in the end, he was actually dropped for a game by by Mark McGee. I think one game, at least, maybe maybe two. So again that points points uh, to the poor culture but yeah it's uh, it it it's it, in a way that's what what, what I mean when I, when I say it's unfair to point the fingers too much at individual players such as Lee Griffiths when uh, it, it, it was a communal communal failure the only player i think all through the season and i'm biased here you can accuse me of being biased i will guilty. For me, the player of the season was Cami Kerr, because he never allowed his confidence to drop. Never. He was always he was on the front foot every yeah. minute of that horrible season. And uh, okay, Ryan Sweeney won a lot of awards as well as Cami, but for me, Cami should have been the player. Of I think. The season. I think the big if problem every, uh, if, that we've got a dance party is
2: with Kami is the fans look at what Cami doesn't give you and don't see what he actually
1: brings to the, to, know, to the table. I, I don't know why they do that. Uh, because, uh, yeah, he, the, he, he's, he's not um, not a perfect footballer, but what he has got is something that I don't think anybody else at the club has got, and that's heart, guts, drive. I don't think he's a bad player, actually, by no, the way. No, no, not at all. I, I, think, I think he's actually technically a lot better than people make out. And for a, a guy who's not exactly a giant, he he never shirks a tackle, never shirks a challenge, uh, is intelligent enough to make... I mean, if you look at our uh, last-ditch clearances, if you look at our uh, you know, last-ditch defending, I bet okay. 80% of it's done by Cammy. So yeah. a lot of stuff yeah. he does... Oh, yeah. that ball never went in the net. Why? Because Cammy sniffed out danger... I think he's a much better player than I don't think anybody I don't think anybody says he's a bad player, but some of them damn him with faint praise, in my opinion.
2: Yeah. I think a lot a lot of them are looking for a Brazilian type style fullback full when he goes forward, but forget what he actually brings, as you say, in terms of attitude and his defensive qualities are really good, as we saw when he, you know, had to go over and play a left back for a big sweep of the campaign because Jordan Marshall was actually injured and we never had yeah. cover in that area, which is another, you know indictment of, of the squad that they yeah. had they had to put their right back over to play a left back, you know, yes. that, that was another thing. But yeah.
0: Yes. Right I, about Kerr.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm a big fan.
0: I think um he was really strong towards the end of the season when the team wasn't doing well under under Mark McGee, which tells a lot about him and, and his mentality I would say. Yes. Um I'd, I'd be
1: uh, I'd be disappointed if he wasn't manager of the club one day.
0: Not I, might not, I might not be around. I something. might not be around to see it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but you lads, you lads can at least yeah. on, if 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 by then I've gone to the the Kilmac Stadium in the sky. You two can say <laughs> you heard it here first. We heard on it the, the yeah. Courier Telegraph podcast. Paddy Barkley predicted
0: yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, back to the, um, where are we? Uh, October time was yeah. maybe uh the, you mentioned about the uh the culture around the club off, off the field. Yeah. Maybe a, a sign of that unhappiness behind the scenes immersion it was the story that came out in the in the west uh, uh the papers in the west um the news that the, the bonuses between the bonuses for the players hadn't been agreed with John Elms as yet. I think the, the the two parties seem to be quite far apart, um, which maybe people not in the kind of football world maybe don't think a, a big deal, but it's it's just one of maybe a few wee things that eat away at a player and eat away at a player's happiness and confidence. Do you think, Paddy, that that was maybe just an early sign that things maybe weren't quite right?
1: Yes, George. I I think early signs the word because of course there were uh, there were there were loggerheads over. Um, I mean, the bonus round was yes, the early side, but there were there were later uh, problems with the, the players, would became deeply unhappy over cuts um, in their benefits. For example, um, uh, you, you you have to feed even at the the low. Lower levels than Dundee, you need to feed players after training. It's it's a, it's a it's a basic fact. And uh, it, 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 at one stage in the season, I don't know if this is still the case. The players were told, "Well, buy some sandwiches from Greg's or, or wherever." Uh, that isn't good enough. That doesn't make you feel part of a unit. That doesn't make you feel feel part of a family. That that kind of thing doesn't make you want to. Run through brick walls, uh, you know, for the for for the management of the club. This is, and there were there were there were other problems. I mean, there are some players, some of the best players in that team. And okay, you might say, well, <laughs> that's not asking much. Uh, some of the best players in that team uh, were were just being underpaid, and I, I think that's what I mean by the club was is not. Um I mean there may be improvements. That uh, they may let uh, John Elms and and, and 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 even Gordon. I mean Gordon's seen everything, he knows more about football in his little finger than all of us put together. But you still learn. You still live and learn and there are definitely lessons to be learned. And one thing is that you have to keep the squad happy. We can't afford to pay them the same wages as Karim Benzema, you know, of course not. But you've got to be fair. You've got to be happy, and you've got to be uh, you, sorry. You've got to be fair. You've got to be straight, and you've got to keep the players as happy as you possibly can. And Dundee definitely did not do that. There was a, a, a absolutely umbilical connection between the poorness of the football and the atmosphere off the field.
0: Yeah, and and Bear, the thing is, the players all. Talk to each other. They all talk to players in other clubs, find out what's going on there. Mm. Why? Why aren't we getting that? And, and you are and things like that. Yeah. It's not, it's, yeah. It, yeah. It just yeah. Just right. I mean, it? I
2: mean, yeah. I mean, the bonus thing. Obviously, it had been rumbling on, and I'm sure there had been discussions. But you know, it can only go so far, and then it, it, a player leaks it to the press, which is obviously what's going to happen because they they don't want to do that, but they're you know. After the highs of the Kilmarnock, like the Night of Rugby Park when they're promoted, which was probably only about three or four months earlier, you know things that things that they thought should have been thrashed out obviously hadn't been thrashed out. And what do you do? Do you still go on and keep knocking your head against a brick wall at Dens Park, or do you leak it and in, in the hope that something might happen? And I think I think they did they moved it on from that point, but it's a sign that things weren't right in the change room and that's the last thing you need, where Dundee were coming from a team trying to go up to the Premier League, trying to consolidate, trying to, to hold on to their status and the squad's unhappy and we're only in October, you know, and I think we'll, there was there was sort of warning signs there and then
1: Yeah, I mean looking at our our competitors um, apart from St Johnston, where something clearly has gone wrong uh, as well and I don't know enough about St Johnston to have even the faintest idea of what, what why it a double cup winning team turns into a, well, still a possible relegation team. Uh, but all of our other competitors, Ross County, you just need to look at them to see that there's a there a world of, well, Ross County in, in the end weren't in, in, even in the bottom half, but you know what I mean. Uh, the The people that we should be competing with, the people that we should be outgunning, really, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, no disrespect to Ross County, which is a much better run club than ours. I Hold my hands up there, but they should, we should be better than them. Our budget, yeah. The, yeah.
0: Sh- Ross County yeah. were, were kind of the, oh, what's that? They, they ended up being Dundee's nemesis, I guess. Yeah. In, the only time we beat season. them
1: was, a, was was when the game was awarded to us. I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah a fine victory, a fine victory, party We'll
2: take
1: that. We, 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 should have, we, we should have, we should have, you know, infected their squad more often. But now they, yeah. <laughs> they, uh, they, they, they were terrific, and a lot of other clubs, you know, were obviously more certain of the style of play, more together as a unit. Motherwell, for example, would be, would be a great example. Saint Mirren. Uh, you know we were we were we were a, in my opinion a division below at every stage and in every aspect of the game uh, and thoroughly uh, thoroughly okay it was only what was it three points in the end but we thoroughly yeah, deserved so to go down yeah. it would have been a, a travesty and we would have i mean we wouldn't be looking forward to next season if we'd survived because we'd be looking <laughs> forward to a load more batterings
0: yeah well, that, that, yeah, the, that early season one from Ross County was, was a surprise with Ross County, the position they were in, they were at the bottom of the league. And then Dundee somehow, as they tended to do under James McPhee, they put aside really bad performances and then suddenly came out with a really good one, a really strong battle and 1-0 win away, it was the first away win of the season. First, the week clean sheet, I think, of the season at, at St. Myrne So th- it showed there was something in that squad. Yeah, I think this, uh, yeah, uh, was good. that
1: was that the game where Cillian Sheridan, Sheridan came in and, injured, and did very yeah. well, yeah. and got injured. Yeah, yeah, and got injured. Unfortunately, yeah. I think we felt we've got proper proper number nine, you know, there, yeah. and, and, and and that was a. You're quite right. That was a false. That was a dawn. It seemed like a dawn, didn't it?
0: Yeah, it did. Dundee's form at that point was pretty good. Beat St. Myrne I think. Thumped Mullerwell three 0 beat St Johnston at home with a good Danny Mulling going and deserved that one. All looked to be going well. As we kind of mentioned, Killian Sheridan got injured. He was the the kind of physical striker, the, the only one they had in that squad. Then Lee Ashcroft got injured, which really set them back. I think it it didn't it wasn't so apparent straight away because they went and beat St Johnston the, the week after, but. It was then 60 feet on the bounce, COVID hit, and then all that sort of stuff. But Lee Ashcroft, there, yeah, a massive, he was absolutely a massive, immense in the championship, and, an integral
2: and, part of their, their yeah. promotion season. Um, and not only his sort of defensive ability and his strength, you know, what he brought onto the park, you could see he was a leader. in Dundee, at times, you, you sometimes look around the park at dens and you're looking for inspiration from somebody, and it's not there. It's not there, you know. They've all got their sort of heads tucked into their jerseys at times, and, and yes. he was one who would who would sort of, you know, raise a flag and raise a banner and, and get them going. But uh, yeah, a real blow. Sher- Sheridan as well. Uh, and well, I don't really see enough of Sheridan to say he would have been a success, but what he had was a physique to play up top. Now, you take Sheridan out of that team, Ashcroft as well to a point, but the Huddler Defence, but Dundee suddenly became team. the smallest yeah. front line in that division by a country male. And even sort of, when you're taking maybe the wide men as well, you know, and you're looking across the midfield, they lacked weight, physicality, as, as much ability as they had. They lacked the physical strength to play in, in some games. And that was a real problem. And that was something I, th- I feel that, th- that should have been addressed in the transfer window. And unfortunately it wasn't. Maybe not, maybe, maybe they tried to and it didn't work. But really when you, when you find yourself losing two players, you know, one of Ashcroft's stature one of Sheridan's and, and they're two big guys. You really need to, to have guarantees that you're going to get a couple of guys of these stature coming in and, and you know, filling those jerseys yeah. and, and they just uh, didn't do Ashcroft, that. And struggled. The still. other
1: point about Ashcroft is that we've, we've we lost an attacking weapon at St. At, at, yes. Jesus there. we still, <clears throat> excuse me, we we're, were still able to get Ryan Sweeney on the end. But with due respect to Sweeney, he doesn't smack the ball with his head. He no. just nudges it. And uh, we needed someone like Ashcroft, who, when he when he did get to a set piece, would would hit the ball, would at least test the keeper. Uh, whereas you you know with Sweeney, I think Sweeney scored a goal at Celtic uh, late, later, you know in the mid mid season. But uh, basically, he's not he's no although he's a big lad, he's not as big a threat at set pieces yeah, as Ashcroft no. was. And uh, I mean, I think. You know, God willing, if we get him back next season, that that will be like a brilliant signing. That will be that'll be a game changer.
0: I think in the championship, particularly, I think if you have Ashcroft and Sweeney together, providing nobody comes in and tries to take them off Dundee, I think it'd be <laughs> a really strong pairing and physically imposing. And I wouldn't like to be playing up against them. No, I, have to say. I think.
1: I think. Funnily enough, we we have we saw. Um, a, 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 a good back five, actually, towards the end of the season. At last, when Harry Sharp came in, we okay made one mistake in one get up, I've forgotten which game it was. But uh, with Harry cut Sharp, and you thought, thank God, you know, after Lawler, and uh, with all due respect to Leighton's I, I don't think he's the answer. Um, we, so we've got a goalkeeper, we've got obviously Kami, um, if Marshall stays, you know, we've got a very good left winger, stroke left back, yeah, attacking left back, if you like. And with Ashcroft and uh, Sweeney, at championship level, that will be a really formidable um,
0: yeah. back. That's, that's, I think we're getting too optimistic now. Yeah. I think that's... that's oh, yeah. I, it's, it's,
1: in, <laughs> it's inappropriate, George. I agree with you. <laughs> just, um, just
2: while you're on, before we move on, to, just that there was one game in December that I vividly remember, and it was a game up at Ross County. Yeah, and it was I I really think that was pivotal, and and yeah, we season done Yeah, I believe we were going to win that. Yeah. Well, there were at that point in time, there were five points clear of County Paddy. Um, yeah. And they started the game really well, and, and uh, they scored. a bit in front. County levelled. Uh, McEwen scored again. Luke McEwen, two oh, one up. Yeah, he, he, it, he
1: looked it. a real signing, didn't he? And still, yeah. like, still hopes of him. Yeah. Yeah. yeah
2: came out the second half, started really brightly. McEwen could have had a hat trick. He was a bit unfortunate with a deflected effort and you thought, they're going really well here. And then, the, as Dundee have done too often this season, they imploded in the last Clapsed, 25 yeah. minutes. Adam Adam Legsons made a, a complete howler at a corner kick and I think it went in off Danny Mullen. And to be fair, from that point on, Ross County looked in the ascendancy and they went on and won the game, 3-2, um, but closed the gap to two points. And, I came out at Dingle that day and thought, you know what, see, we're relegated here. You know, that last 25 minutes, I'm going to look back on this and say, and this is where it really sort of started going sour for us because I had that game in the palm of their hands. And Dundee have had throughout the season, I think you'll agree, Paddy, a a really weak underbelly in in certain aspects. One is when they go in front, as you pointed out, Paddy, they have great difficulty in actually holding on to a lead. And the other side of that is when they go behind, have serious difficulty in clawing yeah. that back. There has been a couple of exceptions, obviously the Derby match, but in general, we'll have real problems getting back into a game yeah. so, and that's not a good combination. No, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs>
0: we, we better get a move on by yeah, then because sure. the time, yeah, sure. time is marching on. Sorry. But I think yeah. yeah. You're right, Bear, that, that game I think was the turning yeah. point. Yeah. Uh, Dundee never really recovered. And Graham
1: um, and I won't fade in the last 20 minutes like Dundee. <laughs> <does it?
0: laughs> and, uh, January... I think it should have been the time to improve the squad. I, I don't know, James McPay uh, was, was tearing his hair out. Uh, the difficulties of, of getting players in uh, and, and they really struggled and it seems like, we'll, we'll move quickly on to the change in manager, but it seems like that's yeah. uh, that was the reason for, for, for John Elms to, to make the change in manager, that he, that he didn't feel January had gone well enough and things hadn't changed on the pitch. Um, again, it was a Ross County game. Again, it was a defeat at, at uh, Dens Park that uh, seemed to do for James Mc, McPake. Uh, John Elms actually admitted afterwards that that was the game where he decided to change it. It didn't happen for two weeks. In that two weeks, and as <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as <laughs> only Dundee can do, suddenly that decision becomes a ridiculous one because uh, they go and beat Hearts away, they, they get in the Scotch Cup final, and it ended up, to me I, I think it was possibly the worst possible time in a season where you change your manager to me, I, I don't know what, Paddy you've seen a lot more football than I have but
1: mm-hmm.
0: I think is that how you'd Mc, see
1: it? I think the reason is that um, for the timing, the only explanation I can think of is that McPake had been the Lightning rod for discontent up between the players and and, and the, the board, and he became unpopular. They, some of the players, blamed him for, you know, not broken promises because that's not big style, but um, for dis, disillusion. Um, and in in a situation like that, where the De facto chairman, managing director, uh, and 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 manager. If one of them has to go, it's never <laughs> yeah. it's never the, it's never the one at the top. So that that's the only reason. That's the only reason I can see logic in the in, in the timing of the McBate departure. Only one thing I would say is that the Peterhead performance, although it was a victory, yeah, it wasn't good. that got us into the cup quarterfinals. It was dreadful. It was terrible. We deserved to be beaten. Um, we, were, we were hopeless. And if Peter had had any finishing skills, we would have been beaten by then. So, uh, yeah, it, it, but, it, but you're quite right. Everybody in, in, in Scotland felt that that was very odd timing. Personally, I liked McPaig I like McPague, and I, I hope he has a great career. Um, you know, his relationship with Dundee was something actually to the credit um, uh, you know, I I'm not one of these people who thinks John Nelms is the devil incarnate. I think he's a Dundee supporter. I think he's a, as much as as any of us now. Uh, he's you know he deserves credit for the way his family has settled in Dundee, um, and and for many of his policies, including youth development and community work. I mean, I, I I think that there's a lot on the on the credit side with 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 John, but um, uh, the the that, that atmosphere in the club cannot we, we, we can't go on like this we really can't um, I've forgotten what the question was but oh you're talking about <laughs> the the, the, the thing but that that in, if seen in that light it it's it, it was inevitable um, also the we brought a lot of players in didn't we Jay, Jay Chapman Jay Chapman yeah. the Invisible Man. <laughs> it's played by Claude Rains. I, I never, I, I don't know. I did, Is, this? I don't understand.
2: There? Yeah. I, I, don't understand. I mean, but, but we had a guy at the club called Corey Panther who, yes, came up from Luton, yeah, Luton and, and never saw him. And he, and he left. He left without a trace. And, and then we've signed this guy, and you know, I, I George. I saw that he's on contract to twenty twenty four. I mean,
0: on a big contract yeah. as well. Um, That's quite I, staggering. Um, I
2: mean, I, I saw him. I saw him. I think he was on at Motherwell for 10 minutes or 20 minutes he looked, yeah they he looked played tidy hard. enough but he hasn't been the, given an opportunity which is yeah I, mean, I think
0: from what I hear he is a tidy player who's that I don't think they trusted him Chapman. in a relegation battle Jay Chapman oh yeah um, I also understand that it wasn't a, I don't think James McPake actually I think it was a signing thrust upon him yes. I think rather than the manager signing him yeah but it, it, it's obvious that,
1: that, that Mark McGee didn't fancy him uh, and, and, and presumably yeah,
2: yeah. That. well, that well that, that's a worry as well uh, party because obviously whatever he's doing isn't impressive. That's two managers, and <laughs> he's no to got himself into the team. Man. Yes, you yeah. know, and he's, he's still got a, a, another two years at Dents Park, so he's going to have to hope oh, it's third time lucky <laughs> when they when they get the new manager in.
0: It's <laughs> the one part of the squad that is pretty strong or has been pretty strong as well. As yeah, the central midfield. Yeah. I mean, we, uh, uh, we may see one, him next one. Another,
1: uh, you know, another disappearing act is 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 uh, Ibsen Rossi's, You know, Ibsen Rossi the centre back.
0: Yeah, the. Deadline buster. Deadline buster, yeah. <laughs> it took nine days after the transfer window. But, yep. but, um, yeah. Yeah. So now we've I got, think...
1: now we've got Mark McGee in charge. And of course, I mean, I suppose that, that was a bit of, um, it didn't go down well with the support because they, they thought it was jobs for the mates, you know, Gordon Strachan's pal. Now there's nothing wrong with that in, in principle, in my opinion. Uh, just because a guy's your best pal or one of your best pals, a family friend, which Mark is, doesn't mean he's not the right manager for Dundee, you know, in the short term. I mean, results suggest that he wasn't, but, you know, I, th- I thought the fans were a bit negative on that particular yeah. one. Mm. In just I of- think
0: that comes from the, the manner in which it was managed, the the change of manager. I think, I think if, if, it, if they had, uh, Sack Jones would pick after the Ross County game, at that point. Yeah, and then and then it was framed as if Mark McGee's doing his his friend Gordon Strachan a favour by coming in and helping out his club and trying to keep them up. I think that could have worked, um, but the, the manner in which I think it went, it, it just exploded, when Mark McGee came in, I think when, to be fair to Mark McGee, what I saw in the team, they looked
2: a better, they looked a better shape about the team. They looked, looked as though was, they were they were tougher to beat. But in Dundee's situation, the had to win games, Paddy. the hot to you know, the hot to win games, so it's already been tougher to beat. How are you going to actually win a game? Yeah. I think Mark McGee Mark McGee tried everything. Yeah. <laughs> Formation players. Yeah. He used just about everything he could, even sort of the mental aspect, you know, speaking to the press, he was trying Mental's to the heat the off players. He was Yeah,
0: <laughs> well, it was a bit of that, yeah. <laughs> it was that yeah. was that, John? I think <laughs> mental is the word. Yes, the yes, mental aspect of it. But that's yeah. that's yeah.
1: good. That's good management. Uh, uh, players. Somebody told me uh, 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 a very experienced manager once told me players like the idea that they've got a bit of an eccentric in charge of them. It is it, good. It takes the pressure off them. And so I Did, felt that, you
0: could understand that. Yeah, yeah I felt
1: that lot. That, that some of his antics, Mark's antics, were, were were not stupid. They were the right thing to say. You know, I'm going to go naked and and all this yeah. kind of stuff. I, I, and be,
2: being involved in the papers, it was brilliant lines for the... Yeah. For the, well, the newspaper, believe it, it or
0: not, the the, uh, the the turning off the heat and, and going on a, a diet one, there was actually another bit that didn't get used. Um, there was something about... He got asked if, if he had any sleepless nights being in a, a relegation battle in, in these big games. I think it may have been ahead of the St. Johnston game. But he, he said... And this was a direct quote. No, I... I've trained myself how to sleep. which yeah. When we're standing there, I think, oh, wow, that this will be interesting. And that didn't even see the light of day because out came the the no heat and, and no eating uh, thing afterwards. So, the, the, yeah.
2: Trained himself to sleep. What, has
0: he been he watching did. Dundee this year? <laughs> that's,
2: that's what it's been like. Yeah.
0: But yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> it was it was an well. I think we'll, we may look back over the in the next few years a, a very very interesting spell in charge, for Mark McGee. Um, I think you've got a point of as
2: well, though, George. I, I mean, I think I think Mark McGee did his best. It didn't work out, but the bottom line is he was working with someone else's players. Now, he, but he knew the gig when he took the job. Yeah. That was well yeah. a the fact. But I think it was the time ta- yeah. he was trying to mow the team out with somebody else's players who I hadn't yeah. worked for you know.
0: I think going over the same point the timing wasn't fair on James McPake I didn't yeah, think and the absolutely. timing wasn't fair on Mark McGee either I, I thought coming in before was it two weeks after a transfer window would shut yes I th- I, th- I don't think that that helped him a lot and he actually talked about I, the one thing I forgot in the notes is the six match ban uh, that he had hanging over his head which <laughs> was another factor in why the fans did not take it well and Mark McGee has since come out and said that that Affected him much more than they expected it to. Yes, um, I
1: think he felt that his assistant Simon Rusk could be more hands-on. Therefore, it didn't really matter that Mark was, you know, in the panoramic view of getting the panoramic view of things that Simon Rusk could do the <coughs> the hands-on stuff. But again, that was that turned out to be just a the theory, isn't it? Funny how Dundee managers always arrive. Under a cloud, in Mark's case, it was the six-match band. Remember, McIntyre arrives and he named Billy Dodds yeah. as his assistant. Billy Dodds, yeah. At which point, the crowd rise up uh, in, in protest. I think they were wrong there. I was in the minority. I, I said, listen, you, you've got to support a manager. If he wants yeah. who, Attila the Hunners, he's number two.
2: No, <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you're right. You're right, yeah. Paddy. And I think myself and Tom Dothy were of that opinion as well. That whoever Jim McIntyre wanted, and he worked well with Billy Dodds. I think.
0: I think he needed him. I think it showed in the end that he needed yeah. Billy Dodds. Yes, exactly. The, the, the problem him. was
2: the, I, I don't think the club. They don't think the club saw it coming, which is a real concern, Paddy. I don't think Neil saw the backlash to that one, the McIntyre Dodds yeah. things, and they should have well, seen it coming. Yeah, from, from I must, a mile I must off, confess
1: yeah. I, I, having been out of touch, I didn't realise how much Dundee fans were unforgiving of Billy Dodds for. Yeah. Actually, now that I've researched what he actually did, what he did was perfectly yeah. all right. But you yeah. know how tribal we are, you know? And, yeah. and you know, I think the Dundee fans do have to decide in the future, do they want to be tribal or do they want to be successful? Because I know a lot of them who say, you know, if we've built this new stadium, and, and, and I know from George's notes that we will we'll just briefly touch on the new stadium, uh, <laughs> another myth a bit like I think Jay Chapman will probably have to build it, but <laughs> the, the, um, you know, all of this, all, all of these sort of plans, you know, it, it just seem to be built on nothing. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it, it's a bit of a mess. Sorry, what was the original question, Josh? I Sorry,
0: we'll, we'll have to move on anyway, because yeah, right, I okay. think we have maybe 10 minutes. Um, so, I mean, this is all recent history, so people are obviously listening to this, aware that Dundee ended up getting relegated at the end of the season, well, last week. Um, obviously, things didn't work with, with Mark McGee, and, and he moved on at the end of his contract. We're still waiting to find out who may take his place. Um at the start of his tenure, um, came the Livingston game. Dundee fans leaving after twenty minutes, and then I think speaking to yourself the, the other day, Paddy, you were at the Rangers game when the fans were extremely sparse.
1: Yeah, well, that, that that was as bad an experience as any fan could could have. I was among the supposed thousand, although I, I thought it was under a thousand Dundee fans who. Turned up with the Rangers cup tie, you know, Rangers had what four thousand in the ground, and, and we had a few hundred, um, and you know it was a cold day, and the pitch was horrible, and of course we lost. Although I think we took the lead or something in the game, but uh, no, yeah. it was, I I was listening to, to Rangers know. fans sort of treating our ground as if it was their home. Uh, and credit them, they they created a good atmosphere, you know, I've got no problem with them but uh, it was just a horrible experience to feel as if your house had been invaded almost it was, I think it was the worst experience I've ever had as a Dundee supporter that day um, and what the club didn't seem to quite realise was that that was a protest that wasn't just the fans waking up and saying, oh I think I'll go to the pub instead of to the game, that was a stairway protest over uh, ticket prices as fans began to um, become conscious of an incipient uh, cost of living crisis, um, it, and it was a feeling that they just weren't being listened to by by the club. It was the first feeling, and it it did actually, although I don't think Mr. Nelms was at the game. I think he was watching a rugby match that or something that day. But, and I don't blame him for that he doesn't have to be at every game I don't again I don't join in the contest. oh where, where was nelms you know blah 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 come on uh, and it but it was a, it was a protest it was a it was a demo that and I don't think the, the club belatedly seemed to realize it and, and and I think probably the most limp PR gesture imaginable. They published pictures of the new stadium as if that's going to make people happy. And when you see it, saw the picture of it, it looked like a, with all due respect, uh, you know, conference stadium, you know, G- English conference. It looked like a small club stadium. I know it was only a drawing, but it was a bad drawing. It looked horrible. It looked ordinary. It didn't look, there was no genuine, and what's more, there's it, it, no parking, it had space for one car to get out. I mean, if you look at it, it was just the drawing, let alone the concept, was insulting, you know? Um, and I, I, I just felt that was, you know, oh, yeah, and, but even worse, John says... Uh, now is the time to look forward to the future. We've appointed a project consultant. Now, I don't know about you, Graham, or you, George, but I assumed that project, which he'd been talking about for four or five years, assumed that there'd been a consultant appointed five years ago. It was a shock to find out that this project that he keeps talking about was just, at best, something written on the back of a fag packet or a, an idea in John's head, we didn't even have a project consultant. No,
0: I, th- I, th- I this think is no we may have way to...
1: to treat. Uh, yeah, you know the customer. I think
0: we may we may have to keep stadium stuff for another podcast. Okay, uh, just because there's so much. Yeah, please, um, please. Um, yeah. Bear. Were you at that Rangers game? I was. I was one of the few hundreds.
2: Actually, very. Must
0: thousands of us there.
2: Yeah. No, <laughs> I mean, well, I mean, it was ideal for sort of you know COVID because everybody's well spaced out as well. What they should have is just, just packed everybody into a very small section and this get some sort of atmosphere going. But I just said to my, my mate well, we're sitting and I'm saying, "This is a Scottish Cup quarter final. Can I you believe this?" It was just a surreal atmosphere, and and Paddy's right that. There was a lot of things involved, ticket price. In fact, it was on a Sunday at that time, but it was on the TV. But there was a protest, there's absolutely no doubt. And, you know, it wasn't good for the Scottish game. If a Scottish quarter-final should be, you know, a decent crowd in both ends. And I'm sure sure it wouldn't have been some one-sided if there'd been, you know, a few more uh, thousand Dundee fans inside the ground.
0: And then, Paddy, obviously we've been talking this week in the paper about the open letter and yeah. the group of you guys that got together is, is that where that started was it already yes in, in, uh, well certainly in, in, in my
1: mind um but i wasn't invited to join the open letter group or, or whatever you call us uh and, and until quite some time later um but Uh, It it was something that uh, it was a pleasure to join. Then suddenly the letter is signed by 1,300 people. In other words, probably nearly twice as many as were at the Rangers game. That was a a lesson in how deep the disillusion with the way the club was going had gone. I hope it will be the darkest hour before the dawn. Uh, And that's what we are trying to produce. We are... Friends of John Nelms and Dundee Football Club. I'm sorry to keep personalising it about John because, but he, he's clearly the most influential person at the club. Um, and 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 as I say, he's he's he, you know nobody distrusts his motives or his love of Dundee Football Club. That's you know the the as as I say, we we and I, I can't speak for all. All right. It's fair to say that probably one or two of the signatories are, are less charitable, uh, but but by and large, we all love Dundee FC, and uh, we, we want them to get better. But the, this this club will not get better until it becomes a family. Uh, I, one thing I learned, and you 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 were kind enough to mention that I'd, I'd been a writer, and one thing I learned, particularly from do, doing biographies of fo- of great football managers such as um, Herbert Chapman and uh, Sir Matt Busby, is that a football club must be a family. It must be an open family uh, in order to make the most of itself. Now, I, 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 probably the easiest way of explaining it is to look at two massive clubs in England, in the northwest of England. You've got Liverpool. You've got Manchester United. They're, they're both huge clubs. Man United are arguably even bigger than Liverpool, but they're nowhere near as successful because one is a family and one isn't. Manchester United is not a family. The owners are mistrusted. Liverpool, who also have American owners, interact with the supporters all the time. When they make a, an announcement that doesn't go down well with the wider support, they change it. Ticket, on, um, ticket pricing is only one thing. Now if Liverpool, this massive club, uh, you, you know, who, who, who intend to be you know, champions of Europe and who almost consider it themselves, you know, the best club in the world, and with, with some entitlement, due respect to Man City fans, um, if it's good enough for them to open the doors to the fans and be a family, it's certainly good enough for Dundee FC. And and if we if, if we can become a family, if all of our strength, if all the passion that now goes into ripping up the Season tickets, as some fans have done. I haven't. I've renewed. I feel a bit, you know. Anyway, i in two minds about it, but I, I, I've renewed my season ticket. And if all that energy that's gone into disillusion can be turned into communal effort on behalf of the club, behind John and behind Gordon Strachan and behind whoever the new manager, then I think we can be we can be a proper. Uh, Premier League club. We can punch our way, and we can have a team and a club to be proud of.
0: Well, I think we saw signs of that in the Hibs game last week. Obviously it was yes. too late to save the season, but Charlie Adams' likely farewell appearance obviously scored a great goal and led the team to victory. Um, the atmosphere was great among the supporters. Um, there's also been the introduction of the, the southeast section which I think oh, has been fantastic that's
1: been that uh, you know apart from every, everything that's good this season has been and, and this is something that's great has been youth you look on the field you look at Josh joining max um, and and uh, Harry Shah you know and all, you know following in the line of kami care you know they they all if they want can have hundreds of appearances like like kami that's for sure they are you know, you can bank on those. They're, they're the real thing. And so we're producing with we, we, a couple of others who can follow in their footsteps. And meanwhile, off the park, we've got the mainly young Southeast section, who, in my opinion, have been nothing but a credit to the club from the day they announced their presence and when and, and they, they changed their logo because, you know, yeah, if you don't want it, we'll change it. Mature people, young people, but mature people, a credit to their club, and, and very much fundamental in that uh, in that memorable atmosphere at the Hibs game. Um, so, yes, youth gives us again gives us reasons to
0: have hope. Yeah, and, and uh, there was also the thing set up by Rhys Dyer of the of the Nemzadze Dark Blues to fundraise for tickets to for for fans who couldn't afford to to go to games, which is absolutely incredible. And the club backed yeah, them. That, that was inspirational. And yeah, and, it and to, to the,
1: again, to the club's credit, I, I mentioned the community consciousness of the Nelms-Keys re- regime, which is very much to the credit. Uh Greg Fenton, who, who works for the club, um, is a tireless worker and, and, and someone who's very much in touch with the communities of Dundee. My personal belief is that Dundee have to reach into the new Dundonian communities. There must be uh, refugees. We can help, you know, by, by opening the doors of the club uh, to the refugees. And I, I, I have the sense, you know, that, that we, we are looking uh, to the future in and, 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 and those ways. And um, I mean, I know for a f- fact, I mean, they probably won't thank me for mentioning this, but I'm a member of a little group of Dundee area, fans called These Down South. And uh, last yesterday we uh, decided we were going to buy a club together and buy a season ticket uh, for um, a parent and child um, and ask the club if they can find someone who wouldn't otherwise be able to afford uh, to be, be a Dundee supporter. We would um, sponsor their ticket for, for the next season and give it to them and um, also maybe help out with some merchandise or something. So... The Nemsadzi and what was the, the other guy who. who the um, uh,
0: Reece, Reece Dyer was. Reese Dyer of that, and, and Nemsadze. the Nemsadzi
1: supporters. They've inspired us. You know, they've shown us the way, which is what I mean. That if, if the whole family we all contribute, we inspire each other and we've become a greater whole.
0: Well, I think that shows that there's real power to be brought from the, from the fan base. Do you think the message we'll get through that's that's the big the big problem I think maybe at the moment I
1: hope so uh, I, w- I would okay I'll tell you something that, that I probably again I probably shouldn't tell you but they there was a little bit of a debate in the open letter group um I suggested that we should wield our financial power um and make Financial support conditional on the uh, requests in our letters, and, and, and everything will be polite. Uh, the requests in our letters for just a little more communication with with all of the supporters' organisations. Oh, and by the way, we are not setting ourselves up as the main supporters' organisation. Every D for Life, we am a member of that too. As a, a member of these that I'm a member. You know we can all be members of everything, um, and and work together. That that I'm not I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that if the main thing is to be a family and to act act like a family, and uh, and it would be nice to have received a reply to our second letter because I first received a reply which was anodyne, which. Um, uh, pointed out that everything we were asking for in terms of communication was I mean to give you one example oh there is fan representative once every every home match we have a quick chat with a guy from the Dundee Sports Association now the Dundee Sports Association is a very good thing but it's how can I put it it that's they don't represent the whole every every Dundee supporter it's going to need more than that and we we, we believe that uh, there should be a full-time paid, um, and this is not revolutionary, it happens at little clubs, big clubs all over Britain, uh, a full-time supporters representative who can liaise with the board, and who in my, this is only my concept, should be nine to five at Dens Park every weekday with an open door. Because if you go to Denz Park, it's like approaching a prison. All you see is closed doors and grills, you know, and 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 stuff like that. this Park should be open all the time. A little cafe, maybe, so you go and have a cup of tea and have a chat with fellow Dundee supporters, or maybe watch a video of <laughs> the Hibs game.
0: <laughs> I
1: mean, something to cheer you up. It's it's it, you know, it's all easy stuff. Being a family is not not that tough.
0: Mm-hmm. And then. Bear, obviously you're maybe looking at it from a, from a another side. being a season ticket holder. What do you make of the situation? now? how do you think it might go forward?
2: Well, I take my hat off to to guys like Paddy getting involved. You know, I think Paddy's right. It should be a family. Um, ever since John Elms came came to Dundee and it, uh, he arrived, you know, from from my own sort of professional point of view, I was sports editor at the time, and he, he arrived on a plane with Bill Coven. Uh, at Riverside and we sent a guy who was working for us at the time, Liam Kennedy, down to the airport to get first quotes and we managed to fix up an interview that night uh, at the the, the Swallow Hotel, as it was called then. Um, In Vigori. Yeah, yeah. um, But unfortunately, those sort of uh, interviews have been few and far between. um, And as much as we've tried, and you know we've tried, George, you know, to get stuff out of the Americans has been very, very difficult. Now, I go, to the, I put on my other hat as a supporter. I would still like to. I want to hear what John Nelms and Tim Keys have got to say, but they, they do very little even on that for their own DTV. You know, they come out as once every sort of two or three months. Well, as it's, 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 it's John Nelms puts his head above the parapet and tends to read from from a script. Um. So yeah. As, Paddy's right, it's got to be it's got to be a family, but John's got to John's got to be proactive in, in leading this family and opening the doors and, and letting us know a bit more. I mean, they, they keep saying that are committed and that are. I mean, let's let's not be wrong. Where we were before they came in, the, the, the 20 years prior to that, we were in some very, very dark places for Dundee football clubs. And there were times you wondered if there were going to, there was actually gonna be a Dundee football club. Now I have never ever felt like that since John and, and Tim have come in, which is great. But we still, you still feel as though they are keeping you at arm's length, and that's not the way, Paddy. It should be.
1: That's fine, Graham. I'll, I'll add your signature to the list. <laughs> yeah,
2: please, please do.
0: Please do. Uh, I think we've actually run over our time. We may get moaned at at some point, but I think it was worth it. Um, is there anything, anything further you'd like to add, Paddy? That's...
1: No, it's just, uh, just really what I said before that I, that I would like. I'm sorry, this seems a, a terribly pro dundee I would like to say that I'm I'm not anti Dundee United. I'll, they'll probably be my favorite Premier League club next season. Uh, but but but
2: oh, you're it now, God, no, you're it. <laughs> I Good
1: was, doing, that I was doing all right yeah. till then. Uh, but George George uh George will edit that out. No, no, he won't. I bet he leaves it in. I bet he leaves it in, so I'll get pelted next time I, I come up. But um no, it, it it's. I, I just think there should be less small-mindedness among the fans as well as, as as the board, and let's all get together and enjoy it. And and you know, things will things will get better for for Dundee Football Club, and 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 it, it really shouldn't be too difficult considering the state <laughs> we're in now.
0: Right. Well, fingers crossed. Anyway, I, th- I think we've managed to just about cover. Well, actually, I don't think we barely touched the surface. Actually, an hour <laughs> of talking about Dundee season there was so much. Well, George, could I ask you but... if
1: we could come back in, at some stage and uh, and and do one about the stadium because
0: absolutely, you know, yeah.
1: it's it's something that maybe you know after we get a bit more information, and um, it's something that that is dear to people's hearts particularly those who, who do, don't want to move out of dens.
0: And yeah, well, I, t- I understand there are movements coming soon or news coming soon, updates of some sort. I don't know what they are, but um, we will certainly put that in the book and, and we can we can have a bit of fun or try and have a bit of fun with the stadium and, and what happens there. Um, but thanks very much for, for coming along, Paddy. Thanks for yeah coming buddy. there as well. It's um it's been it's been well. I was going to say it's been great talking about Dundee season, but I'm not sure it was. Hopefully, <laughs> it's been a bit of a therapy session for you two boys, and hopefully it's a therapy session for for everyone listening. So, well, uh, thanks uh, very much. I'll tell you what,
1: thing. we'll come back and do one on Queen of the South, uh, George, just for you
0: that would be just as miserable don't (laughs) worry about (laughs) that but anyway thanks very much for listening and see you next time
1: if you like the podcast we'd be grateful if you tell your pals about it or even better leave a review or a simple rating on iTunes or wherever you find your podcasts all that really helps people find two teams one street and that means a lot to us don't forget to pick up your copy of The Tele Monday to Saturday for all the latest from Dens and Tanadice, or go to thetele.co.uk to find out how you can get the paper delivered right to your door.